Sponsor ad. Would you like to listen to audiobooks? Listen to the world's best-selling audiobooks from our more than 10,000 audiobooks for free. Also, you can benefit from these excellent and informative podcasts for free. Get the helpful links in the description. Please support us. Thank you. Well, the first thing that I had to overcome was my own guilt. Um, because when you spend so much time and money, in my case, taking out student loans, I came out of law school with a lot of debt. The notion that I wouldn't want to invest financially to recoup that, uh, you know, that initial investment was a struggle for me, especially growing up as a working class kid. You know, I talk about the conversation I have with my mother where I was trying to break down how I wasn't passionate about my career and how I, I feel guilty talking to a woman who had sacrificed so much for me and probably never had the luxury of thinking about something as trivial as passion. You know, so explaining that to a working class family, how you're going to walk away from a solid career and a solid income to, you know, pursue what's deep in your heart. You know, my parents didn't, but also the, it was part of the challenge was what else was I going to do? You know, that that's part, I, I describe myself as a box checker because that's what how we teach kids. It's like there's a path, you pick a career when you're seven, <laughs> you study that career in elementary school, you go to college, you get a major, and life choices are not that orderly. Um, but that's how we train kids, and I was right on that path. And I knew how to achieve, I knew how to get A's and how to get to the next level. But no one taught me how to dig deep inside my soul and figure out what I cared about. And we don't talk to kids about what they care about. We talk about what they should major in, what they should study. And those two things are very different. Um, so part of the struggle was figuring, I had to relearn how to educate myself about who I was. School didn't teach me that. All those degrees, all those fancy schools didn't help me connect into who I needed to be as a person. So I had to rewind all that learning. I, I mean, I think the challenge is, is that education systems are developed for masses of, of, of teaching, but every kid is so different. Um, and if you don't have the resources to individualize the, the educational curriculum, then you're really pushing kids through a funnel that may not fit them. Um, and that's something that I worry about and see now in, in my girls. This notion that you're gonna learn something within a, that every kid is gonna learn in the same way at the same time is, is, is disastrous. And it, it creates box checkers who then go on to careers that may not fulfill them and then they're not good at it. So the tough part for me was relearning all, you know, and figuring all that out on my own. Uh, and so I had to find people who could help me. You know, I, I, I did what I called informational interviews. I had to go out and just meet people who were doing all sorts of things that seemed interesting to figure out what I cared about. Was it kids? Was it working with kids? Was it mentoring? Was it education? I didn't know. I hadn't explored it because I was on the path to be a lawyer. Uh, so that was the hardest thing for me to, uh, to understand how to do is to walk away from the formal training that I had gotten and to swerve into something more creative. And so would your advice be to others, it is important to find your passion? It life. is absolutely important. Um, and I encourage young people to try on different hats. 
Um, I think it's a shame that kids are forced to figure out so early in their life and get on a path. Um, so I encourage kids to do internships, to work, to talk to people who are doing things that they think are interesting because most kids are intimidated about approaching you, for example, and saying, Holly, you've done some swerving. Tell me about what you're, what you're doing um, and having those conversations in high school and in college before you commit to something. Um, but I think kids feel the pressure to have to know what they're going to be. It's such a young age. Exactly. You're I, 16, 17, 18, right. you're making these big life decisions. Yeah. In one of the first lines in the first chapters, a question that I hate the most that we ask children is, what do you want to be when you grow up? As if growing up is finite. Yeah. As if you get to a place and at some point that's the end. And that's sort of one of our, our big um, dilemmas, that we ask kids so early to figure out who you're going to be at 5 and 7 and 10 and even 20 years old. Um, so I do encourage young people to be open to the swerve and don't beat themselves up if they feel they've may maybe not made the, the right first choice. Because life, Holly, is long. And as you know, we can have many lives within a life we are always evolving. That is why I called the book Becoming. You know, this notion that we, we, that we ever stop evolving is just wrong. So I think, you know, as I, my parents taught me, more information is better. You know, giving, giving young people uh, the truth helps them in the long run. So. I felt like I had to share my truth, and it, it wasn't a difficult thing for me to share. Anybody who meets me, I would have the same conversation. Um, so I, I couldn't see not sharing with the world what I would share with anyone who I was trying to help. What would you say to young women and to young men about the importance of seeking out strong mentors, and what did they mean to you? Oh my goodness, you, you don't do anything alone. Um, and I think a lot of young people think that they look at people like us and think you just magically appeared, you became, and there you are. And it's like, no, no, I, I always looked ahead of me at the women primarily who were doing the things that I wanted to do. I talk a lot about um, Valerie Jarrett, for example, who has worked in our administration, but I met her very early on before Barack and I even got married. And she, for me, was one of the first examples of a strong professional woman who was a single parent, who was doing a phenomenal job as a mother and was just a boss at work. And watching her balance that and not losing herself in either role. You know, I, I, I talk about how I'd sit in a meeting with her and she'd be in the midst of, you know, business leaders sitting around the table, the mayor on the phone, and her secretary would call and say her daughter had just got home from school and wanted to talk. And she turned herself off in a second because she said, I will always make time for my daughter, you know? So I saw how important it was that even in the height of your career, putting your kids first was important. And that helped me sort of think about how I wanted the White House experience to feel for my daughters. That's why we, you know, in so many instances, we would stop our day you know, no matter what was going on, and give that time to the kids because we wanted them to feel like they were at the center of everything, even when their mom and dad were, were some of the most powerful people in the world. So I wouldn't have known that that example was possible had I not looked ahead at the, the, the women who were my mentors. 
because I think a lot of women, we're afraid to just put our cards on the table and say, this is what I'm worth. This is what I need to make this happen. I can do this. But if you don't, these are my top three things. I would have never had the courage to do it. And I think many women sit on their talents and their gifts because they're afraid to make that ask. Sometimes we're too polite in the professional world. And and many women don't have the luxury or the leverage to make the kind of demands I, I that I did because I had the option of staying home because my husband brought in enough income that we, it would be tough, but it wouldn't have been impossible. And I, I absolutely realized that I, I was lucky to be able to walk in that office and make those demands. You know, people just don't get the credit that they need. People are juggling and managing to keep things afloat all the time. So we just haven't labeled it properly. It's happening and people aren't getting the credit for doing it. But if you work and have kids, you're doing something flexible in there to make that happen. We just need to label it. Sponsor ad. Would you like to listen to audiobooks? Listen to the world's best-selling audiobooks from our more than 10,000 audiobooks for free. Also, you can benefit from these excellent and informative podcasts for free. Get the helpful links in the description. Please support us. Thank you.